You're listening to DraftKings Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I am seeing this headline from the Los Angeles Times. My guy, Bill Plaschke, writes the column. Oh, I love him. Around the horn. Headline. He might be a long shot, but Doc Rivers, still Lakers' best shot for coach. Bang. Wow. Bang. Didn't Mark Stein have something on that too? Yeah, Mark Stein reporting at his Substack, the Stein line, reporting that the Lakers have not given up hope that Doc Rivers will become available this summer. <laughs> Oh, boys, there's nothing like the feeling of being right, especially when people thought you were wrong, that you got it wrong. Listen, if you've been listening to Basketball Illuminati, you know we've detailed all of this stuff to you. Listen to our archives, man. They are evergreen. You can listen to them whenever. We already detailed that Doc Rivers can't quit the Philly job without knowing for sure that he has the Laker job. He's not going to forego tens of millions of dollars on a hunt. Meanwhile, the Lakers can't go after Doc aggressively while he's still under contract. At best, you got to give up assets to trade for him, as the Clippers did when they traded for Doc from Boston way back when. At worst, you're going to get hit with a tampering charge. So both of these entities have to do their own little long con to navigate the current situation they're in. For the Lakers, you got to have finalists. And everyone's like, oh, man, I thought you said, oh, it's going to be dog. What about this Darvin Ham, Kenny Atkinson, Terry Stotts? Yeah, yeah. Mark Stein reporting here, I mean, quote, if you use the strict interpretation of the word finalist, one of these three men will definitely be the head coach of the Los Angeles Lakers, Darvin Ham, Terry Stotts, or Kenny Atkinson. Stein writes, my sense Drawing such rigid conclusions remains a touch premature. Oh, my God. Nothing makes me more giddy than being touched and then being premature. My assignment. Uncover why the association inspires more conspiracy theories in volume and salience than any other U.S. sport. You've heard of the Illuminati. The truth is out there, but so are lies. Your eyes can deceive you. Don't trust them. The NBA has always been controlled by about eight people. Denial is the most predictable of all human responses. If you're only using 10% of your brain, you don't even know 
that you're using 10% of your brain. The NBA Illuminati. If coincidences are just coincidences, why do they feel so contrived? The Illuminati. But you start to follow the money, and you don't know where the f*** is going to take you. It is unspoken. They have influence among other players. The NBA Illuminati. I don't have time for your convenient ignorance. Maybe I'm a conspiracist now as well. That's but all it took. Oh, we got books, we got schools. You saw a video on YouTube. <laughs> Why am I, sir? You've never used them before. We are the basketball Illuminati. <laughs> Welcome to Basketball Illuminati. I am Tom Haberstroh, and as always, I'm joined by my Illumin Army five-star generals, Amin Al-Hassan and producer Anthony Mays. Got stripes. We got lots to get into in this show. Most notably, a press release sent out by the NBA about their referee software winning awards mm. and tracking down Shelly Rusi and Don Vaden, who both worked in the NBA and WNBA League office in the referee department on some similar software. Just wanted to get the story straight here with them. So they are going to come on to the show and talk about that. We're also going to talk about the injury reports with the Heat Boston series. Tom, I'm sick and tired of the shenanigans. Is it just that you're sick and tired of? Or is there something in Miami that you caught that you're sick with? Yeah. If I caught anything in Miami, it's whatever Dan has that he assures me is not COVID, as if that's the only disease that exists. You're questionable for the rest of this episode, is what you're saying. But I'm going to warm up with the intent to play. We're going to get into all of that on this week's episode of Basketball Illuminati. But first... Listening to the agenda with Tom Haberstroh and Amin El Hassan. Oh, man, how quickly their narrative changes, Amin. Today's agenda, we are going to talk about all those people who were picking the Mavs to beat the Golden State Warriors that Luka Doncic, they take down the Western Conference champs, Chris Paul, and then suddenly they just don't have enough. Yeah. Did you notice that? All those people, by the way, include Zach Harper who puffed his chest out after game two and said Mavs in seven. Classic. And in Zach Harper's own words, picking seven games is a coward's decision. (laughs) Exactly. But, you know, it's funny that you mentioned about that narrative switch because I feel like I saw a friend of the show, Andy Liu, who is an agent provocateur, put voice to that theory that there's a whole bunch of abandoning ship on the Dallas Mavericks. And it's not just, hey, we were wrong. That Luca isn't just going to feast on the Warriors. No, no, it can't be just that. No, it's that Luca doesn't have enough help. Maze, you've been big on this because your third eye is open. You noticed a stat news. I had to unfollow stat news after they stole one of my tweets and didn't give me credit. Mm. They have a very comfortable shirt that I mean, you've pointed out that I wear quite a bit. I'm done with it. Stat news, unfollowed. But Maze, you retweeted a stat news stat and you said easily Andy Lou best call since predicting a Warriors 9-1 start Luca has no help yeah stat news was just another victim of the narrative topsy-turvy that we've been experiencing since the Sunday Warriors beatdown of the Mavs 
Andy Lou tweeted on May 15th, hyped for the, quote, Luca will single-handedly destroy the Warriors takes to become, quote, Luca has no help takes by game six. Ah. So he was a little delayed in that. <laughs> six? It was after game three, even. Half. But he did call this over a week ago that everything he sees and heard would instantly flip-flop. And that is now the prevailing narrative out there that the Mavericks just don't have enough. That that supporting cast that came up so big against the Jazz and the Suns, Maxi Kleba, Reggie Bullock, did not make a shot in Game 3 and have completely vanished. And now the Warriors are just overwhelming them with depth and no one wants to praise Stephen Curry. Here's the deal. When you look at Steph, Clay, and Draymond, that combo have lost all of five home games in the playoffs against Western Conference opponents since 2015. Five. Oh, my God. Five times. Sounds like you did your own research. I did do my own research. And people forget on some level that, yes, Kevin Durant took them and made them something amazing, something that we'd never seen before. But newsflash, they were pretty f***ing good before he got there. They won 73 games before he got there. We called them the best team of all time before he got there. So it is funny to me how this seemingly, quote-unquote, snuck up on people. I believe it goes back to one thing and one thing only. Basketball fans, basketball media, indeed maybe even basketball people, they're intoxicated and swayed by the concept of the star being greater than the whole. That one guy can do it all and win the day. The idea that the way the Warriors play, which is a very egalitarian what did Kobe Bryant call the golden democracy? The golden democracy. 84 assists on 135 field goals through three games. Every team wants to play team ball. But let's look at how Golden State does it. Where everybody is a threat at all times. Every cut is a live cut. Like that doesn't win or that's not what successful teams do or dare I say dominant teams do. Because if you're dominant, you'd give it to one guy and he would save the day. Where does that come from? Is that Michael Jordan? Is that the Jordanism of the NBA? Yes. Where we just believe one guy can single-handedly do it, and if he doesn't do it, it's not because that strategy doesn't work. It's about because everybody else wasn't good enough. But it's not sexy to say that Maxi Kleba is one of 11 on wide-open threes in this series. That's not a sexy storyline to be like, hey, it's a make-or-miss league. Lucas' teammates are not hitting their shots. We don't have to go into this referendum on the Dallas Mavericks having a flawed roster next to Luka Doncic. He's 23 years old. We can just say the Warriors are really good. The Warriors are really good. And Luka Doncic, amazing run. But we don't have to like let him off the hook and say, it's not the Warriors winning. It's the Dallas Mavericks don't have enough. They're losing. They're blowing this. Look, Maxi Kleba was 25 of 49 from downtown on wide open threes in the first two rounds of this playoffs. Now he's one of 11. He doesn't even want to shoot. That's not sexy enough. That's not fun to talk about is that some shots are not going in that normally go in. And so we have to go up six levels to make this interesting for the audience. And it just feels. No, no, no. Hold on. Hold on. It's not making it interesting for the audience. It's excuse making. That's what it is. This is people who are trying to cover for we believed in a certain God. And I'm not talking about the God is Luca. The God is Jordanism. We believed in the religion of Jordanism. And now, not only is it not working, it is being completely undressed. Not by something that's fly by night, 
but something that existed now for seven years. You knew who the hell they were. And you still, after all those championships, all those final strips, all that success, you know what it's told me? The people still don't believe. They still feel like Jordanism is the way. So it's the we don't believe Warriors, not the <laughs> we believe Warriors, that upset the Mavericks one seed. I mean, you mentioned only five losses at home in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Heard your amazing segment on the Levitard show when you unveiled that statistic. Thank you. They also have won a road game in 26 consecutive series. So they don't lose at home, and they're always going to win one on the road. Hmm. Sounds like a pretty good team there. 26 consecutive series. How many? So this is going back to before the championship. That's right. It started in their 2013 surprise series win against the Denver Nuggets. And they would go on to win a road game against the Spurs despite losing the series in six games. Wow. I tell myself all the time. People aren't going to appreciate all of this until it's over. Don't it always seem to go, I mean? Yeah. That you don't know what you got till it's, it's gone. gone. Thank you. They paved Oracle Arena and put up a parking lot. I don't think they'll ever appreciate it. If they follow through and win the championship this year, I still don't think people are ever going to appreciate how dominant they were or are. I feel like people are always going to look at them as this abnormality, this circus act. Right, because Steph Curry doesn't represent the Jordanism. He's very much a... Hey, I'm open to Kevin Durant coming here. If that means we win more championships, that sounds pretty cool to me. And then Clay Thompson, hey, we're going to be fine. Wait till Clay Thompson comes back. Draymond's great. He does everything we need from this team. I feel like Steph Curry represents a certain ideology about what a superstar should be. Tim Duncan like. Isn't that what we want? Don't we want more Steph Currys in our life? No, see we say that, but we worship Jordanism. And all those guys are anti-Jordanism, right? Steph Curry goes off ball a lot. That's not Jordanism. Jordanism is give me the ball and watch me work. Draymond Green, the quote-unquote triple single. <laughs> six points, seven rebounds, and six assists. But we're conditioned. No, no, no. You fill up a stat sheet. That's how we know you're good. Dennis Rodman at least would have 18 rebounds. Clay Thompson, how great can you be as a star if you aren't crossing people over and going behind the back? I heard someone tell me, like, oh, Jordan Poole is better than Clay Thompson. Like, in what world? His gravity is insane. Because he's not crossing over and going behind the back and spinning? Like, no. Because Jordanism tells us you got to hit all these shots, you got to have the ball in your hands, and you got to make them shake and bake and all that stuff and go dunk on somebody. And your stat sheet has to be out of this world. That's what Jordanism teaches. But really, the Warriors are the anti-Jordanism. And Tom, you say, isn't this what we want people who are about winning above personal accolades? That's what we say we want. But in reality, everybody wants Jordanism. They want a Jordan. You know who looked like Michael Jordan on that dunk the other night? Who's that? Andrew Wiggins. Oh, Maple Jordan. Pancake and Luca with extra syrup. Snaps it outside to Wiggins. Goes by Bullock. Oh! Drops the sledgehammer. Oh! Remember when he was a number one overall pick and now he's a third or fourth string role player on this team and it fits perfectly? How crazy is that? If only Luca had a former number one pick on his team to help him out. Uh, you know, it's funny to me is why this has become. A victory lap for Andrew Wiggins. Oh, wow. Like, I thought you guys said he was done for. I'm like, he's averaging 18 points a game. That's nice. It's hardly something to write home about. It's not worth the money he's getting paid. I saw Nick Wright apologize for it. Well, Nick Wright. Well, he should apologize. 
for many things. I'm waiting for him to apologize. Yeah. But he did apologize for saying that the Wiggins deal wasn't good enough. I'm like, that doesn't change. Because Wiggins' value was low, and D'Angelo Russell, at least in the eyes of the Minnesota Timberwolves, was a high-value target. They wanted him. So I, to this day, say they should have gotten an extra first-round pick because I'm taking away your problem, and I'm giving you the guy you wanted, the guy you tried to sign three months earlier. So I don't know why Nick would apologize for that now. He said they'll never make the finals, which obviously that's proven to be pretty bad, and I kind of enjoyed watching him get reamed. Hey, and- I mean, we like accountability on this show. Well, I mean, shit, social accountability when it comes to stealing my ideas about the MVP bar. Oh, true, true. The MVP conversation. So, <laughs> Nick Wright, that's still going on. But yeah, man, it's funny to me that Wiggins can have a couple of solid games and now people are swooning. Well, I got tagged in a bunch of videos, almost like old takes exposed style, where I was with Nick Wright, and I think Andy Lou might have been in this video too, but my scathing quote about the Andrew Wiggins deal was three words, makes little sense. That's it. That was my hot take, was that Andrew Wiggins deal with D'Angelo Russell makes little sense. And they clipped that in. What do you have to say for yourself now? And I'm like, yo, let's just pump the brakes. Like you said, he's averaging 18 points a game. He had a very nice dunk. But when was that news? When was that news that Andrew Wiggins can jump very high and dunk on people? We've known that since he came into the league. As he said in his press conference, he's got a lot of posters. Yep. Pick one. We're here in the conference finals. We're doing this coronation of Andrew Wiggins. Okay, he's bought into the Warriors system when he's got Stephen Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, Steve Kerr. Kevon Looney. And you have all of these veterans around him in this perfect scenario Yes, in three years, you can maybe bear the fruits of investing in Andrew Wiggins. Why is that such a victory lap? That he's a good role player? Congratulations. It takes time to connect the dots. I know that. I know but that. also, I know that there could be a day of reckoning when you wish you connected the dots. More quick. More quick. What were we thinking? Why did we wake up when we had a chance? Move it! The mollusks that blow it up! What gets us into trouble is not what we don't know. It's what we know for sure. That just ain't so. so. A man's a divinity truth. Communicate this real clearly. The only way I do is city by city, person by person, family by family. There are a lot of people go straight from denial to despair. Without pausing on the intermediate step of actually doing something about the problem. Problem. A man's a divinity truth. Guys, there are some things that might seem to be minor to most people that disgust the ever-living hell out of me. I mean, I'm just fed up. I'm done with it. I don't want it. And I don't understand why it's tolerated, why it's allowed to continue. I'm talking today about this thing called the injury report. Ostensibly, an injury report is supposed to tell us, truthfully, is this guy going to play or not? And if not, all the gamblers and all the other people can Go put their bets, and we can move on with our day. But the Boston Celtics and the Miami Heat have taken this shit to another level. <laughs> Just absolute horseshit. I don't believe a single thing that comes out in any of these press releases. First of all, let me start with these Celtics. Al Horford catches COVID on the morning of game one. And by game two, he miraculously tests out and is cleared up. Make it make sense for me. Hashtag not my COVID to me. Yeah, man. Shit. I thought he had to test out three days in a row and all that. How did they manipulate the rules enough there? Then you get it to game three and you got all these guys being knocked out, but then coming back and playing anyway. I'm sick of that. But not to be outdone, the Miami Heat, before game four, 
listed pretty much their entire roster, other than Udonis Haslam, as questionable, and they all are going to warm up with the intent to play. Warm up with the intent to play. All good intentions. I mean, they just want to do their best. I mean, aren't we all questionable at some point, you know, if you look at it the right way? We're all questionable for tomorrow. By the way, they all played. The only person who didn't play was a guy who was listed as out, and that was Tyler Hero. Ultimately, my question, my demand is, let's be straightforward about this shit, because guess what? Nobody's up at night like, oh, I don't know how to prep for these guys because Kyle Lowry may or may not play. He tends to play, but we don't know. No, they just go out there and do it. You're being cute for no reason. And I'm sick and tired of people being cute, not because it gives you any advantage, but just to be cute for cute's sake. Well, when you look at it, it's also in the same category of coaches who won't reveal the starting lineup with the media because they want to keep that in their back pocket. Like they're playing out this chess match in the media, in the press. Like we don't want to reveal who's going to be playing and we don't want to reveal who's going to be in that starting lineup because any edge that we can get, we need to pry it open and maximize that edge. It's a 48 minute game and they're trying to hide something that's going to be impactful literally for the first five minutes of the game. Hey, the first five minutes has been very important in the last Jesus couple Christ. of Heat Celtics games. It's My kind God. of been over after the first five minutes. Yeah, good point. Was that too inconvenient of a truth for you? On yeah, that? Okay. <laughs> you defeated even me, Maze, with that one. Well, I mean, speaking of questionable, I got lots of questions about this press release that just came out from the NBA in my inbox and tweeted out by the NBA's Twitter feed. I got lots of questions, so let's just get to it here. I would say this is highly questionable, Tom. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. You all think I'm late. Well, I'm not late. And I'm going to stay right here and fight for this lost cause. Even if this room gets filled with lies like these. And the tailors and all their armies come marching into this place. Somebody will listen to me. There's no better way to overpower a trickle of doubt than with a flood of naked truth. But the complexity in the grave lie not in the truth. But what you what do you with the truth you once you have it. What is true and right is true and right for all. You and I both know that that's just not the truth. You can't handle the truth! It's too messy. Keeps them up nice. I'm here because in the end, the truth is worth the risk. Speak a little truth and people lose their minds. I'm a grown man. You can tell me the truth. Why is it people who want the truth never believe it when they hear it? So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do something really outrageous. I'm going to tell the truth. All right. So I just got this email here from the league office titled... NBA's referee training application named Innovation of the Year at the 2022 Sports Technology Awards. I mean, did you see this press release? I did not, man. Run me through it. It says here, application is first of its kind across major sports leagues to utilize advanced technology to instruct, improve, and impact referee performance. Apparently, this 
award was given out at the 2022 Sports Technology Awards presented by the STA Group. That is the lead from the New York offices of the NBA. Nice. Well, I mean, that sounds very official, and I'm sure the league is very proud of that, Tom, that they winning awards for software that they developed. That's right. And I kind of thought first person that came to mind was Shelly because... I've been talking to Shelly for a while now, learning about how referees work and the system works. And Shelly, I kind of feel like this sounds a lot like some of the stuff you were working on as far back as what, 2015? Yes, uh, probably even further back. When I developed my company, Refology, we came up with a training concept to use a pushing and pulling strategy. Essentially, it was an evolved innovation in the training and development for referee space to use peer interactions and develop a embodied learning full approach to mastery competency applied in basketball officiating. So very similar. I developed that with a young man, Pete Campbell, that built my website way back in the day. Wait, Pete Campbell from Mad Men? Not great, Bob. We'd have to follow back up and do some more research on that. But he was a young referee here in the Bay Area. I brought him a concept I was using to train and develop. And we worked on it to make it in a private setting on Refology's website. And it was called Interact. Oh, Interact was around probably since 2010, 2011. And it was really an amazing, innovative application of mastery competency development. Shelly, can you describe it a little bit more so fans kind of get an idea of what this software is and what it does? Sure. Well, I've since taken it down. It was an early adaptation of technology, but essentially referees could post plays and we would share developmental tips across all levels of officiating. So we had pro referees that were members of Refology all the way down to beginning referees. And we would use the interactions and the developmental dialogue through the use of video and threaded dialogue on the tool. This seems like pretty important technology for referees. And I'm guessing the NBA and every other league around the world has this software already in-house, right? At the time, you're just using it for your own workplace. But the NBA surely had this before. Most discussions from officials across all sports leagues come from development advisors through either phone calls or sitting down face-to-face with video work or as technology evolved through email, which creates a chaotic experience because you can't really track it. So this was a tool that was designed where you could categorize plays, you could put labels on them. Okay, today we're going to talk about traveling, block charge, coverage, mechanics, communication. You go down the list, leadership, conflict awareness, and how we're going to work through the conflict that's arisen. So referees could search this database on Interact on my Refology site, and they could self-educate on their own time frame while they were traveling or at work or taking a break where they could learn from other people's experiences. So when I developed Interact, it was a free software that I posted and had somewhere around six, seven, eight hundred referees that were members of the Refology database. And anybody could post and anybody could respond. One thing that we would do is I had some auditors, some forum managers that would track to make sure the information that was shared was authentic and genuine in service to developing referees to hone their craft in the game of basketball. So if you had to compare and contrast that with what the league has basically put out there and 
what they're receiving now awards for. How similar would you say the two softwares are? Or what are the similarities? Look, the NBA owns the film. And what was really great is in some of my workshops, what I do is I bring all the referees in for a few weeks beforehand to discuss plays and everyone would have to share their plays. They would discuss them prior to coming to workshops so that they already had an engaged and interactive dialogue going on with people that maybe they've never met. So somewhat similar to how we deal in online communities now and engagements, even through the work you guys are doing. So I was fortunate enough to have been able to invite some top name people to come and volunteer their time at my workshops and teach and educate from different levels of experience and was fortunate to have NBA representatives there as well. And obviously now Don and I have the opportunity to work together. He was at one of these sessions with a Nike EYBL event that was up in Sacramento. And when he walked in the room, there was probably 30, 35 referees and a bunch of men's and women's referees from anywhere from division one to junior college interacting on plays in a very engaged fashion. And so what was nice was my work was validated by having him show up and all these NBA observers that were there as well as the division one supervisors and say, wow, we should be doing this. Why aren't we training this way? That must've been a cool feeling. It was very cool. So the evolution of that, he presented it to the league, the concepts. And I was able, prior to going to work for the WNBA in 2016, I was able to share with them these concepts and the idea. And the best part about them developing the software was they actually own the film. At the time, it was REF, Referee Engagement Forum, that they developed. They're able to bring in all the different angles to the video, whereas referees sharing the video usually just comes from the broadcast view. So the nice part about the NBA having a database, it's a technology system where they house all of the games and all the different angles that come in to be able to flag those plays and start a threaded dialogue categorized so that you can have a knowledge repository of plays and information that can be referenced for years to come. Unless the rule changes, many of the plays are still relevant that have been around since the history of time. Now you have a way to capture this learning and development and you give the referees the opportunity to also use the film to pull out where they seek developmental training as well. And then they can engage with either peers or referee managers, developers, or coaches. I mean, I'm reading this press release from the league here. It says, Mm -hmm. the application improved on-court performance, enabled more consistent adjustment across the officiating staff, and fostered sustainable enhancement to how management trains, develops, and evaluates officials. In its first season of operation, I mean, the application increased referee and management engagement 935%. I'm Tom Haverstrow, and you're watching The Big Number. Over the use of email as a form of communication between the two parties. That's a lot of emails, I mean. Yeah, well, I mean, like, <laughs> if you think about theoretically, technically, they all had the ability to reach out and type an email out and ask a question or whatever. But this software was so transformative, it encouraged that dialogue. And you see the increase that leap there. Wait, 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 I mean. What? Beginning of that paragraph, it says launched in December 2020. That was exactly what I was going to ask Shelly right there. Shelly, when you came up with the concept for your software, when did you present that? 
to the league? Okay, so Raphology had the concept of Interact. And in end of summer, early fall 2014, Don was able to present this to the IT group as well as maybe the analytics group. I'm not exactly sure on this concept. So 2014, and I believe the NBA, and you'll have to ask Don, I believe the NBA implemented it in their referee training program that they start the year with every season in 2015. And I was actually fortunate to be able to come in in 2016 and actually really take it to a new level with the WNBA referees because we were implementing all kinds of new training concepts for them. WNBA referees come from a variety of backgrounds, typically men's college referees, women's college referees, G League referees. So really honing the concept with the WNBA referees, adding the categorization to the referee engagement form that the league had developed out of the Interact concept, and then was very fortunate to be invited to present at the NASO Game Changers Forum in 2017. So Don and I were able to give a presentation to the entire sports world. You know, I've been doing this at this point for probably seven or eight years, maybe even a little bit longer in other social media forums that were free to use. It was really neat to see the eyes open up at the NSO conference, just from all the different sports. And I believe there's other tools out there now that are using these training concepts that to me, coming from a development background, my master's is in organizational psychology. These were things we did with salespeople all the time. You always had someone listening to your calls so that you could give feedback. The use of the video is so key. And the NBA has really advanced this technology, even from REF. I know Matt worked with me. He was actually in the replay center helping us with the plays when we were at NASO. And so he's really taken the concepts of the collaborative tool that can be used in a peer-to-peer interactive mindset. And then they've done all kinds of other things with the advancements of the different types of technology. Ours was a mobile-ready platform for REF. Theirs is probably native. I mean, the technology that has become now second nature, it's just exciting to see that the concept has won awards. I love it. It's great. Wait, wait. So I'm reading, I did some research on this. I mean, surprise, surprise. Oh, you did your own research. How about that? I did my own research and I came across a story at 538, how the NBA uses its data on referees. I just did a control F for Shelly's name. Nothing? Did you spell Shelly right? It's S-H-E-L-L-Y, right, Shelly? E-Y. E-Y, there you go. Hold on, let me go back. Okay. That's probably why it's out. Yeah, I got it. Hold on, let me see. You just misspelled it. E-Y. Nope. No. Zero out of zero. Still no mention. Pulling up nothing here. When you say Matt, the first person quoted from the league is Matt Futterman. Is that the Matt you're referencing? Yes, Matt Futterman. Matt's done a great job taking this into a variety of different places and enhancing the technology. At the W, we just didn't have the budget to apply to the technology and Often in the WNBA, there aren't as many angles. I think as the game evolves for both the NBA and the WNBA, a tool like this that really can help referees train towards mastery competency, and really at any level, you don't even have to be in the WNBA or the NBA. This is something that can really enhance from youth sports all the way up and across a variety of sports. Why isn't your name more out there on this technology? Because it seems like you came up with the idea or the concept and brought it to the NBA through the WNBA, but it doesn't seem like your name is in this story. You know, even just like my refology company, it's really about the game and about developing the people that are participating in the game. Even the work we do with third side coaching now, to me, 
I can't really answer the question, but I'll put it up on LinkedIn now because I'm very excited for the evolution of this to start applying out in other industries and different sports. Let's take something like this mainstream in a development capacity and create whole new networks of really good adjudicators of sports. Listen, in the end of the day, I know this is making me sound really good, but I'm going to show a little intellectual humility here. There is nothing new under the sun. These are concepts that I learned through sales development. I mean, this is what we do. It's just applying it in this space was innovative. That's really what technology is, just a tool by which we can better utilize our time, better perform, better make decisions. And this application of this training concept was new in professional sports when it was presented in 2014. I mean, I think we need to give a call to Don Vaden here, who Mm -hmm. is the director of officials for the NBA, to just kind of understand the steps here, the context, and fill some of these gaps. Yeah, It seems like Shelly has some pretty cool technology here. So let's bring in Don. Just want to make sure that we have this on tape. Maze, are you recording? We're scrambling our tour. We're logged on to the dark web. This is a secure line, Tom. They're not going to get us this time. Don, thank you for joining us here on Illuminati. When did you first come across Shelley's work and the technology of Interact? In 2013, I was invited to a EYBL workshop for refology training officials. And when I walked in, everyone was already engaged and looking at plays. And I've been around camps for a long time. And it was the first time I had seen this type of interaction taking place. And so I asked her, what is this? And when I realized no pro sports had anything like this. Really? Nothing at all. Everything had been done through email or through text message or phone calls. So there was no record of any of it. So I was like, okay, this is a great way to train, good way for people to interact with each other. Because prior to this, we would shop plays around to each other and wait to get the right answer or the answer we wanted to hear. And then we would go with that. But there was no accountability piece to it. This gave an accountability level to everything that we did. So I said, let's take this to the league. Let's present this. So Shelly presented it. I presented it to the staff at RPSM in 2015, and it launched as REF, Referee Engagement Forum. I thought it was reps. At the time, she no longer used Interact with Repology. We renamed it Referee Engagement Forum at the NBA. And so that's what all the NBA referees used that season. 2015. So the question, Don, is based on what we saw in the press release and what we saw in the feature that was in 538, there doesn't seem to be much of an acknowledgement that this wasn't something that was homegrown and came out of the ground over in the Fifth Avenue offices of the NBA. Rather, this was something um, that they got from Shelly. Regardless of what evolutions the software has taken on, Since then, the original idea does not seem to be very original. Look, almost every referee that's on staff now was at the meeting. Management people were at the meeting. Everybody heard it, so they know where this originated. Because at the presentation, I referenced Refology. Shelly Russi came up with this concept, and it was presented to the entire league at that time. So when you read this story from 538, there's a lot of voices in there from the NBA, but I feel bad for Shelly that she worked so hard on this technology and had something innovative. This award is about innovation, literally. And I can't find her name anywhere on these stories that the league puts out. It's the way she has always been with her training. 
and development, to help others and to give, has never expected anything back in return. Just to see the profession get better and provide an accountability piece to the staff and to refereeing in general. Is there nothing that's sacred for them? Okay, I get it. You built on it. You, you included your video. You linked it. Boom. That's all awesome. Innovation is terrific. But you can't do a victory lap in the media and not just a hat tip they can't give. I know. It just seems so wrong, especially, I mean, how many women do you think were working in that office that came in with this idea? I would expect that they would want to champion her and say, Wow, what a great story this would be, is that Shelly Russie came in, made this presentation, wowed the audience. They had all these different people trying to get her, but WMEA hires her, helps implement this new technology. That is a cool story that I don't think is out there unless you listen to this podcast. The NBA really went full... Zuckerberg and the social network on this one. <laughs> you would invent in Facebook, you would have invented Facebook. That's what they did with this software technology. But unlike the Winklevi, Shelly's got a much kinder disposition and she just wants everyone to be better. She does. She's so gracious, man. Think about how I would have reacted if I were in her position. <laughs> I also like to think about how Abid would have reacted in <laughs> <Yeah>. her position. <laughs> but again, this goes back to you're listening to this and you think, oh, here come the guys and they're doing their little shtick. But what we're talking about at the essence of this, it's about one word, transparency. If you can't be transparent about something that's seemingly so benign as to just give credit to somebody for their role in creating this thing that has been the envy of other leagues as a result, people try to make their own version and has improved communication internally amongst your referees by magnitudes. You can't even say shout out to Shelly Rusi. It's one of those things where if I can't trust you to do the easy one, why should I trust you to do the difficult things like saying when your refs are wrong? Like accrediting Buddy Hield with a three-pointer. How can I trust you with the stuff that really does hold things in the balance if the seemingly benign stuff gets swept under a rug? Speaking of transparency, I mean, Tom, you were saying that the NBA is very proud of its own evaluation here and that it's giving itself <laughs> glowing reviews for their award-winning software. Isn't that right? I mean, come on. When we talk about bragging that the NBA referees get 95% of their calls right, who's grading those calls? Is it the league? According to whomst. Oh, it's the NBA? Yeah. Wait a minute. So the NBA is paying people to grade the officials this really feels like the kids are grading their own tests, doesn't it? It's like if I <laughs> – tell me if I can't use this one. If we're going to cut this. We're going to supercharge this one. It's like if I have sex with someone and then I pay them to tell me how good I am at sex. <laughs> the answer is going to be, oh, the best. You're the best at this. An incredible lover. We couldn't use a different analogy here, I mean. Well, yeah, that's – I was going to go a different way. I mean, I was going to say that 
95% of our jokes are funny on this podcast, yeah. according to me, <laughs> the person who reviews all the jokes. Yeah, 95% of drivers think that they're above average drivers. Let me ask you guys a question, a serious question, though. We just got done last week with the draft lottery, and they make a big show out of this thing is above board. Why? We have Ernst & Young coming in here to preside over the proceedings. When the voters vote every year for MVP, for Rookie of the Year, Coach of the Year, all that stuff, they're not sending an email themselves and say, okay, we'll count it up. Thanks from your responses. They've got Ernst & Young, a third party, to oversee it, to send out the email, to tabulate the results, to collect all that stuff. Clearly, they understand the need for third-party observation in these sensitive areas. Why is this one immune and doesn't need third-party observation? <laughs> I mean... You think Ernst and Young is a third party? <laughs> They've been in this game longer than you. <laughs> Their name was Ernst and Witty. Ernst and Old. Wow. I wish I had my bell. Wow. But to be fair, I mean, who are they going to turn to? Who else is experts in NBA rules and refereeing? It's not like there's another body out there that does this exact thing that they can turn to. It's not like there's independent basketball officials out there evaluating these things they're the best they have to keep this in house well i think shelly would be a great candidate to run mm -hmm. a third party auditing system shelly shelly rusi whoa you don't think that refology could become the third party audit for all officials so that we have an independent review I just feel like for referees, that could be a concept that they should entertain. And I think Mark Cuban has been very big on this, is that they keep hiring the same cycle of officials, that now the NBA's management system is filled with former officials. Let's bring in some outside voices into this to evaluate referees and to create a sense of accountability, but that's asking for too much. Wow, man. Only we lived in that kind of world, right? Where outside the box thinking was actually accepted and welcome. Hey, they might win an award. Maze, sorry about that edit. I know I had to burp so many times. You know how it is when I'm down on South Beach, man. I just, I can't get enough, man. I can't get enough. I am so tired of Miami Amin on these podcasts. We have to do Cinephobe later this Ooh, week. Wait. It is going to suck. Oh, uh, Drunk Amin. Everyone loves Drunk wait, Amin. Wait, you're in Miami too? Yeah. Wait, you're in Miami? Dude, we're on the same show. We do the podcast together. How do we not know? I feel like the, every time we try to hang out, we're in the same city. What? You could at least text me. We're on phone calls together. We're on Zoom calls every day. You couldn't just be like, hey, yo, I'm going to be in Miami too. What difference does it make? You're talking to me. I see you right now. We're on a Zoom. Does it matter to you? Like, oh, I got to be next to you. What is this? Have you ever heard of the metaverse, Tom? That's where we're all headed. Get with the program. 
Yeah, I'm sure you're meeting with the other guys from the shipping container in the metaverse, too, while you're in Miami. I'm meeting with some people. <laughs> Tom, why don't you just go down to whatever bar is selling the cheapest drinks, and I'm sure you'll find a mean in short order. You won't find that in Miami. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.